Hello and welcome back to another Wednesday devotional. I am Pastor Mario. I am a pastor at Living Hope Church in Medina and I have Wednesday devotionals every week with the intention of stirring us on to deeper devotion to the Lord. I'm excited for today's teaching. Um, this teaching that uh, we taught to our youth a couple weeks ago it really strikes a chord with me. It's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Uh, it's a beautiful historical account in the Gospel of Luke, and it speaks a lot to our brokenness, to our sin, and to our shame. And so today I hope it encourages you as we dive into Luke chapter 5. I pray that this is a blessing to you. But first, I encourage you to share the podcast. I encourage you to share our church podcast. We, we um, use this podcast as a platform to provide you with resources to grow your faith, to grow deeper in the Lord. But we want you to share that with people that you love. We post sermons every week, and now we have this every Wednesday, a weekly devotional. Share this with someone that you love. Maybe it'll encourage them. And so pass it along. Let's, uh, let's continue to live out the Great Commission. And so with that said, let's get into it. Have you ever came to church? I don't know how long you've been a Christian or how long you've been walking with the Lord or if you walk with the Lord. But if you walk with the Lord, I want you to think about a moment, if you've ever experienced this, of walking into church and just feeling like you just don't, you just, you, you just feel like you should not be at church. You just, you feel so filled with shame and guilt, maybe because of something you did last night or a way you reacted to someone you love or an outburst of anger or a way that uh, you've sinned against the Lord and you've just come to church and you just feel this weight of shame and you feel like running away, but you find yourself at church. A lot of times in those kinds of moments, we tend to put on a mask, right? Someone asks us, hey, how are you doing today? How is everything going? And we say the usual, I'm fine. Yeah, everything's going great. Everything's going well. And inside we feel like we're being crushed, even just being at church. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that feeling of shame that seems to outcast us? It seems to place a wall between us and the Lord, but not only between us and the Lord, but between us and other people as well. That's exactly what sin does. But I want us to think of that feeling and remember it as we look at our scripture today, because today we're going to be looking at a man who probably have, has felt that way, and not because of his sin, but because of his condition, because of what he had inherited somehow, whether by a family member or just uh, caught it, whatever the case may be, he inherited this condition and it has outcasted him, separated him from people and God. Today, we're going to be looking at a leprous man, the leprous man of Luke chapter 5. We're going to be looking at Jesus' in, um, interaction with this man and how Jesus responds to this man and what he does to this man and what that says to 
us in our condition of being a being of um, kind of we have a tendency towards sin, uh, being wicked in our heart naturally because of the fall of Genesis 3. And, and what this also says about Jesus and what he thinks of us despite that, right? And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. I understand a lot of you may be listening to this either in the car or um, in a way where you can't have your Bible, but that is okay because that is why I am going to read it. This is what it says. Verse 12, while he was in one of the cities, Jesus, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them, to the religious people, to the priests. But now even more the report of Jesus went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places. This is a very short historical account of an interaction that Jesus has with a man with this condition called leprosy. Now, leprosy in our day uh, is not as common as it was in Jesus's day. In Jesus's day, it was a very common skin disease, and it uh, kind of was a general term for various kinds of skin diseases. Some of the skin diseases were not uh, totally incurable, but then there were other forms of leprosy that were totally incurable. And this is the kind of leprosy that this man has. This man has an incurable leprosy. And if we look back in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, in chapter 13 and 14, it, God actually speaks to this condition very specifically. He gives Aaron, the high priest, and Moses, the prophet, an entire medical guideline of what they should do if someone within the camp of Israel inherits or contracts this condition of leprosy. And there's a whole quarantining phase, there's a whole uh, inspection phase, and there's all of these different phases. But ultimately, if you have an incurable form of leprosy, it was charged that they were to be removed from the camp of Israel to dwell on the outer skirts of the camp alone without anyone around them. They were charged to dwell in the outer skirts of the camp and they were to put their hand over their mouth, yelling out, unclean, unclean, wherever they walked. They were to let their beard and their hair grow and they were not to change their clothes. They were to consistently wear sackcloth and ashes to, as to be recognized as someone with incurable Leprosy. Now, think about that for a second. Just that 
how isolating that is. By definition, that person would be a total outcast to their society. Totally outcasted. Can't go and work, uh, can't go and see their family, can't go and worship at the tabernacle, which was in the midst of the camp of Israel. Can't even meet with God. They were totally outcasted because of this condition. This is the man in which Jesus finds in Luke chapter 7. This is the man, this is the man who has been outcasted and isolated and far away from all society and people. And this is the man that comes to Jesus and falls at Jesus' feet with such expectation that Jesus could heal him. It's so interesting because even though leprosy is not a common thing in our society, it's, it's still here, but it's not common. I think this historical account actually speaks to a very much deeper issue that is very common in every human heart on the face of the earth. And that condition would be the condition of sin. This leprosy, this incurable disease that can only be cured by Jesus speaks to the deeper issue of our incurable disease of sin, which can only be healed through Jesus. And the reason why I love this account so much is how detailed Luke is in describing exactly what Jesus does before he heals the man. He records what Jesus says. He records what Jesus does. Jesus says, I will, I, I desire to heal you of this leprosy. Jesus, in this moment, pours out his heart to this man of leprosy and connects with him in a very real way saying, listen, I don't just want to heal you out of, um, because you're asking me to do it. I want to do it because I love you and I want this to be gone from your life. But then what Jesus does is he actually touches the man, which is totally scandalous in his culture. No one would touch the man of leprosy. They, they, they would cast him out of the camp to even not even be near anybody. And yet Jesus touches this man of leprosy before he heals him. Jesus could have healed him without touching him, but he makes the effort of touching this man. And I think he does it for a very particular reason. He wants to make the connection, I believe, that he is not intimidated by this man's contagious leprosy. He's not intimidated by it. He's not intimidated by it. Why is Jesus not intimidated by this leprosy? Well, because leprosy doesn't influence Jesus. Jesus influences the leprosy. And this speaks a lot to our sin. Let's go back to those moments where we feel that intense shame when we know we've done something, right? When we know we've sinned against the Lord, we've, we've done something to break his heart and to break connection with him and with people. And maybe we go to church and we, we, we try to, to, to go to church and be with people, but we, we feel that shame in our hearts, even in the midst of our community. The church, in that moment, a lot of us feel as though, man, I, I, I just, 
I feel too dirty, too unworthy for Jesus to meet me here right now. You know, and we may know the word. We may know all the verses, right? We may know um, all the truths and the promises of God's word, but it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. Shame doesn't care. It, it does not care. And the enemy will never stop speaking into our hearts in the moments of sin and shortcoming that Jesus does not care about us this time or that we've gone too far this time. And every single time, most likely we'll fall for it, at least for a little bit. You know what I'm talking about. You know that, that voice that tells you, you know, you, you, you've just screwed up this time. There's no going back. Jesus is not going to forgive you for that. We hear it all the time when we mess up. This scripture speaks against very specifically to that voice. I mean, I remember that feeling oh, just so many times going to church, feeling that, and then stumbling upon this scripture here, Jesus healing this leprous man, and just reading the point where he touches the man and just feeling so overwhelmed with the grace that is in that touch, the power that is in that touch, and that touch being that God draws near to the brokenhearted. He draws near to the contrite heart, those who are poor in spirit, He draws near to them as they draw near to him. Jesus is not intimidated by our sin. He is not intimidated. He does not shrink back by our shortcomings. But when we come to him in repentance, he comes and draws near to us, even to touch us, to heal us from our sin. What a beautiful passage And just such a beautiful reminder of the heart of Jesus, Jesus' desire to heal us of our sins, our shortcomings, our habitual habits that we tend to fall into. Jesus wants to heal us in those things. And so today, in our midweek devotional, maybe we could ask ourselves this question, have I been avoiding some sin in my life? Is there anything in my life that I've been doing that is producing shame in my life where I am going about, going to church, going to work, doing my tasks in the family, whatever else I have to do? Is there anything in my life that's producing shame and guilt in my life? Because ultimately, now it's not all the time, but a lot of times it comes from sin. Now, again, not every time, but a lot of times shame comes from our sin, our undealt with sin. Is there anything in my life that I haven't brought before the Lord and, and, and dropped down and worshiped at his feet like the leper and saying, Lord, if you will, you could clean me, please clean me. Man, let, let that be the posture of our heart this week. So I encourage us, just ponder this scripture of the leprous man and Jesus' heart for this man and what he does to this man, what that means for us and our sin, ultimately fulfilled in the cross where Jesus heals us, heals us as we come to him to the cross. 
to the resurrection. He heals us of our incurable disease of sin, but he meets us at our shortcomings along the way and heals us and and draws near to us in those moments as we repent and come to him for grace. I pray that you would be encouraged by this devotional. I pray that the Lord would meet us where we're at, wherever we are at, and that you would just walk in the grace that God provides through the cross. There is grace, and grace means not only catching you when you fall, but enabling you to live a life of freedom from sin. It's not saying you'll be perfect, but it is saying that we can learn to progressively denounce sin as we walk closely with the Lord. And so let's do that. Let's continue to just walk in grace. Let's, let's approach the Lord when we mess up and we sh- fall short, but let's continue to ask the Lord for active grace, for grace that teaches us, Titus 2, 11, to renounce sin and worldly passions and to live upright, godly lives in a dark age. I pray that you would go out in peace and that you would be encouraged in this. Lord, as we continue on in our week this week, I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to walk in the grace found in how you've drawn near to us through the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you provide in your Son. I pray that as we go about our week and we continue to try to live our lives in accordance to your will, I pray, Lord, that you would surface any sin in our hearts that we have not dealt with. And that as you surface that, God, you would provide the grace for us to be able to come before you humbly and ask for your cleaning, loving touch. And that we would be confident that you can and will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us us of all unrighteousness as we confess to you, John 1, 9. Thank you, Lord, that this is a promise and this is a guarantee for those who are in Christ Jesus and continue to repent and turn to the Lord as we learn to walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you would bless every person who hears this. I pray for those who are feeling shame right now, if there are things coming to their mind, things they're thinking about, of things they've done, maybe even yesterday. I pray, Lord, that you would provide the grace and the mercy that we don't deserve, but that you have provided in Jesus. And so thank you, Lord. May we go out in peace. Amen.